Blurred Up, Blurred Up, welcome to the show where we talk about neuroculture from a BPOV, a black POV. You can find us on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We're on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. We're on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. You can also catch us on Blurred.com. Great website, our partners, site full of great nerd content from a black cultural lens. They're selling some really cool merchandise, especially mm-hmm. for Black History Month. Yeah, I saw they're having all kinds of sales. And yeah, 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 yeah. So go check them out. Catch us on Anchor, the tree from which all of our streaming content comes from. That's uh, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. We're going to try to make this show more regular, weekly if possible. So you can expect us, if you live in the USA, for our show to come out Thursday evening. Mm-hmm. And if you're living where we are in South Korea, it'll be about out Friday morning, Friday afternoon. Hopefully we'll be more reliable than the Iowa caucus. (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) And I'm your host, Brendan, and I'm joined again by not just Mel, but also Markita. Woo. Hello. We haven't joined together since the Joker review in October. Yeah. Yeah. Long time. Very excited. It's been a minute. Yeah. Glad to see you, Marquita. I'm always calling your name on the podcast. Marquita, what are Come you? back to us. Come help me fight this Brendan guy. No. <laughs> Speaking of fighting, we are mm-hmm. fighting through this coronavirus scare to come yeah. and bring you all this content. I ain't scared. Uh, yeah, who's scared? I ain't well, scared. I mean, some people, but not me. My mom been messaging me. Baby, mm-hmm. are you okay? Yeah, I oh, did yeah. get a call from a, from one of my old uncles, like a Facebook voice message, because he just figured out how to use them. Aww. And like, I hit play, and it just says... Don't eat bats. <laughs> I was like, wow. did, really? That you think that was that what you think I'm over here doing, sir? <laughs> just eating bats? Okay. Yeah. And I just kind of sent one back. Thank you, Uncle. Mel. <laughs> Mel is always the weird one in the family. Now she's over there eating bats. Exactly. She's gonna get coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, my uncles are all from New York, from Brooklyn, and uh-huh. they sound like Chris Rock. So the, literally, the message was, "Don't eat bats." <laughs> and I'm like, really? Um, Hi. And I haven't heard from him in like months. Like he sends like weird kind of hotepy memes every once in a blue moon. It was like hotep memes, pyramid yeah. schemes, and yeah, don't exactly. eat bats. Exactly. So when I saw the message, I thought it was going to be something really weird. And I was right. Yeah. Oh, but he cares, though. Yeah, I was, I was touched by, by his care, but I, I was really tempted to send him back a Photoshop picture of me just chowing down on a bat. Just like, just, just licking your fingers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the best wings in the world. Just oh, like God. dip your hands in some gochujang and then mm-hmm. just like to show them. <laughs> mm, man. But yeah. What I find crazy, I don't want to spend too much time on this. We have mm-hmm. a lot to talk about. Yeah, um, I find it fascinating that Korea has such terrible air pollution mm-hmm. and no one cares about the mass. Like you'll have little kids going to school and the dust is way above 100, mm-hmm. 120, 150. People are on dates. Oh, stop. Oh, it's okay. Blah, blah, blah. These dates in this terrible weather, mm-hmm. terrible pollution. But the minute just four people, four people out of 50 million catch a virus, everyone is maxed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks like an outtake from Mortal Kombat out there. Everybody's just all sub-zeroed up because it's winter yeah. and everybody's wearing caps and masks and long coats. So it just looks like it looks like a dystopia. It does. It looks like get over here. Like it really does. Yeah. <laughs> well, this podcast is not about the coronavirus. We're going to be talking about birds of prey, which we saw yesterday. And mm. we're going to talk about 
the series finale of BoJack Horseman. So first we're going to get into a non-spoiler review of Birds of Prey because I don't think there's really anything to spoil Mm -hmm. in this movie Mm -hmm. of importance. Mm -hmm. And then we'll get to BoJack and we'll definitely spoil the heck out of that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's go. So I want to first talk about Birds of Prey. This is the Margot Robbie project. She pitched this to Warner Brothers back in 2015. I'm assuming during or after the filming of Suicide Squad. They worked on it for three years, or she worked on it for three years until WB accepted it as ready. Mm-hmm. And she is a co-producer. It, it does feel like DC is trying to make a Deadpool rival with the female lead, in a sense. There's some fourth wall breaking, mm-hmm. a love for a specific food, egg sandwiches, which we'll touch on later, mm-hmm. rewinding time to explain how the characters got to a certain point, over-the-top violence, and more. The director of this is Kathy Yan. I hope I'm saying this name correctly. I think so. She's relatively new. She's done some short films, and she debuted with the Chinese film called Dead Pigs. Mm-hmm. It received a Sundance Award, as well as 100% on RT. The caveat is that there are only eight critic reviews for it and 25 audience reviews, and that score is 50%. And the Metacritic score for that is 59%. Mm. Interesting. So she's essentially a hired gun, in my opinion. Mm, How do you mean? Well, there are other film directors who have more films under their belt. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I wonder, I haven't seen Dead Pig, so I don't know how that really translates to this movie. I saw the trailer for it, and Mm -hmm. it looks nothing like this movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I wonder why they chose her. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's that whole, like, emerging new woman director kind of thing. She's the first female Asian director of a superhero movie. Mm. Yeah. So I did peep that. Yeah. yeah. That's something that DC can claim to say that they've done. Yeah, I guess. The writer for this is Christina Hodson, who wrote Bumblebee. Did, Did you all see that movie? No, I did not. It got decent reviews, but I, I was so burnt out on Transformers, right, I just yeah. didn't care anymore. Because what was the Transformers movie just before that yeah. one? Like, trans- something, some long, it was some, some long garbage thing, who knows? Samurai Transformers sure. in China, it was weird, yeah. Metal Boogaloo, I don't know. <laughs> she wrote a movie called Unforgettable with Rosario Dawson mm. and Shut In, which both have rather poor Metacritic scores. She's also writing the screenplay for The Flash and Batgirl. Oh. Is the flash still happening? Apparently so. Because I it keeps like be it keeps popping in and out. It's yeah. like yeah. Well, once the Warner Brothers had that kind of shake up, mm-hmm. they have kind of shuffled around their their departments and and just their overall schedule. Yeah, because the thing is, they I think from what I understand, Ezra Miller has been cut as the flash and i don't know how they're going to recast that now was he cut i, I, well, think I don't wasn't. know because if you've been i've been watching a little bit of this what is it uh dc what's the dc infinite unit what's it called infinite universes crisis. crossover crises mm. on infinite crises on infinite earths yes. that's it there's an episode there spoiler if you haven't seen it but everybody's watched the clip on facebook it's got a billion views right where our current tv flash meets uh, ezra miller as the movie flash right. and there's mm-hmm. a whole thing there so i saw that and thought oh is he back as the flash now i'm confused i thought that ben affleck was out as batman that was easy but mm-hmm. i thought everyone else yeah. is still no henry in. cavill's definitely out of superman too right. yeah mm-hmm. i don't know anyway sorry That's not okay. to bird walk us away from that but i'm just surprised that she's writing the flash because i didn't even think that movie was happening right anyway well let's bird walk back to birds of prey uh-huh. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome 
This is free. (laughs) (laughs) And you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. Oh, God. Someone sponsor us quickly. (laughs) So let's talk about this movie. Does this movie hold up to something like a Deadpool, which is another R-rated comedy? And does it hold up to what DC has already created? I want to start off with things that we liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I personally, I enjoyed the the storytelling to an extent. Like, I, I thought it was quite different. But at the same time, I also thought that someone watching this movie could be easily overwhelmed by what was going on. But I, I personally liked the way, like you mentioned earlier, how the fourth wall was broken. Mm-hmm. in some spots hopefully that's not like a spoiler but like as soon as you watch the movie you know but um i enjoyed the way that the storytelling went and i enjoyed the music i did enjoy some of the music are you talking about the score or the actual soundtrack itself? the actual soundtrack yeah the the soundtrack is done by all women i looked up the actual credits some people that i really like doja cat is in there yeah megan the stallion mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I I agree. Really, really good. It really helped set that that mood for this kind of vibrant female kick-ass mm-hmm. right environment. I think that was the 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 soundtrack was a, a plus, but there was also a minus for me. So I'll probably get to that when you get to the minuses. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I liked that it was very effortlessly diverse. I mean, it was really easily one of the most diverse superhero movies I've ever seen. Our main crew, we've kind of got a five-man band, but they're actually a five-woman band. Mm-hmm. And you have somebody black, somebody white, somebody Latina, somebody ethnically ambiguous, although I think she's Italian, although that actress is not, um, and somebody Asian. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's interesting. It's And it's not contrived. They're just all people with jobs who happen to have to happen to get together and do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, and also woman director, woman producer, woman pitched, woman written. It's I really appreciate what this movie was trying to do, and it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. It was not my favorite superhero movie, but it wasn't bad, and that was really important. They're going to put all of these women front and center. They're going to really focus on diversity, but it was still a good movie. So that was nice. Um, and also, I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who plays Huntress. She is mm-hmm. one of my favorite actresses, but she just needs to be in better things more consistently. Uh, she's probably the brightest spot in this movie for me. I really loved seeing her play the role. I completely agree with both of you. Mm-hmm. I want to get to Huntress in a little bit, mm-hmm. but I want to just backtrack. Just for me, I think the cast and the acting largely works. Um, Margot Robbie really sells it as Harley. Mm-hmm. You know, she's struggling with this breakup just surviving, being a mentor mm-hmm. in, in some parts, and still showing that she does have a PhD in psychology. Mm-hmm. She's definitely given more range than she was given in Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. True. Huntress, as you said, she mm-hmm. needs to be in better movies. The last time we saw her was in Gemini Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she kicked ass in that movie, mm-hmm. and she definitely kicks ass here. Mm-hmm. I like the interactions she had with the more relaxed women. Mm-hmm. And the exchange is like with the exchange with Harley in the trailer was a bit underwhelming, but mm-hmm. there was some chuckle to like one laugh out loud moment mm-hmm. with her. She reminds me of Drax from the first Guardians movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just very straight. Mm-hmm. If they do a sequel, they should beef up the scenes with her. Yeah, because she was great. Mm-hmm. And to me, I agree. Mm-hmm. She was the breakout character mm-hmm. who really just needed a lot more to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Anything else? 
I mean, it was cute. It was wacky. It was fun. It wasn't deep at all, but mm-hmm. it was interesting. Um, yeah, it was an interesting. It was better than I thought it would be. I was really not here for Team Birds of Prey at all. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is a sequel to Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Who is spending money on this? C right. students need to stop running movie, movie studios. But it was better than I thought. I actually enjoyed it for yeah. the most part. It was decently paced. It was mm-hmm. under two hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It never felt like it dragged to mm-hmm. me. The women, to me, were never overtly sexualized in my view. I remember in Suicide Squad trailer and in the movie where Harley bends over to take Mm -hmm. the necklace out the window and Mm -hmm. it just kind of just looks right at her butt. Mm -hmm. There's none of that in this movie. Like You can tell that the director wanted to make the ladies beautiful Mm -hmm. in their own way, but not necessarily do it for male gaze. Yeah, you could tell it was a woman standing behind the camera because she wasn't looking at things in a male kind of way. Exactly. I enjoyed the the female empowerment narrative and themes in this movie more than Captain Marvel, which isn't saying like, much. I feel like every time Captain Marvel was so bad that every time we talk about a movie with women in it, we go back to Captain Marvel. Is to. it better than Captain Marvel or worse? And so far, they've all been better. I think that's important. <laughs> yeah, I give this movie, even though there were a lot of characters to, to juggle, we weren't told who they were. Mm-hmm. They actually showed who they were. There were two particular scenes with the women together in the middle of the fight and they're handing out hair ties so their hair doesn't get in the way. Mm-hmm. That was a really cool, that was cute, cute yeah. female moment. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a fun kind of affirmation powwow at the end of the film that I thought was really cute too. Mm-hmm. Any last things before we get into what we maybe not like so much? No, because I got something loaded for the dislikes. Bring it All on. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mel, take it away. I don't understand how DC keeps making these 90s movies in the year 2020. Okay. Speak on it. <laughs> I mean, I keep, every time I see a DC movie, I think if this was released in 1997, this would be the hottest movie of all time. But it's 2020 and they are still following formulas and visual tropes that are really old. I don't understand it. This wasn't as bad as Venom in that regard. But mm. I did have a sense like it felt outdated. Yes. Like it did not feel cutting edge at all. And I don't know that it needed to, but it just felt like an old movie being made now. It felt almost retro in its sensibilities. But I think that might be the 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 point behind it. Mm-hmm. Like it's I think that's just the the style. Like I I, I think mm-hmm. I understand what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just the 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 style that works for this kind of movie and for the characters that it's mm-hmm. talking about. Like mm-hmm. it's because you know it's Gotham City, mm-hmm. but like it doesn't feel like Gotham. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I, I know what you're talking about, but I yeah. think for me it works and it made yeah, it pop. Maybe, but I don't think it was necessarily intentional. I just think that it was kind of, I think it was just that the, the filmmaker didn't know how to take it far enough. I would mm-hmm. agree with you, but right. I know that exactly. And I think th- I would agree with you, except that we have so many superhero movies now mm-hmm. and the bar has been risen so high by things like Endgame and even Wonder Woman, even though that wasn't necessarily perfect either, mm. um, that it just kind of feels like, it just kind of felt like the people who worked on this had never seen a modern superhero film except for Suicide Squad. Yeah. I think they really try too hard to be cool without really being cool. Mm-hmm. Harley was made in the, in the 90s. Of course, we know um, Paul Dini and Bruce Timm made mm-hmm. it for the Batman animated series. But of course... Batman was so dark, but what was the other side of the 90s and their animation and just appealing to kids, mm-hmm. that cool, extreme bro mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. 
turtles. Yeah, yeah. Right in this extreme, <laughs> yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Mountain Dew on a skateboard. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they kind of put Harley, who was made, who was created in this dark universe, mm-hmm. and put her in this extreme bro bright universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it felt 90s a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. early 2000 mm-hmm. That would have been cutting edge at that time. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. But yeah, it, it kind of felt like a corporate-driven, you know, vibrant colors, mm-hmm. different shades of women, mm-hmm. corporate-driven soundtrack, a couple mm-hmm. drips of female empowerment. Mm-hmm. But what about the real character arcs and, and story yeah, it that didn't will give, really grab yeah. you? Yeah, it didn't give us anything extra. Like, I mean, even looking at all of the other Gotham theme movies, like all of the Batmans, mm-hmm. and even Suicide Squad was bad but it tried to give you something extra mm-hmm. and this one didn't really it was very kind of what it says on the tin yeah i'm gonna go back to what you said about this movie didn't feel like gotham mm-hmm. it really didn't mm-hmm. so i actually looked up where it was filmed mm-hmm. and it was filmed exclusively in los angeles yeah that makes sense actually and if you kind of if you really try hard to divorce yourself in this universe from her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, then it's okay. But when you look at what Gotham is, what it represents, even Suicide Squad gave a better sense of atmosphere. Yeah. This really felt like, you know, Issa Rae from, you know, Insecure could just walk down the set, (laughs) you know. For sure. They were out for tacos. It really did not feel like Gotham City whatsoever. True, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially there's scenes where she's running through the streets away from people. Mm -hmm. And that was all very, like, it. I thought, oh, that's L.A. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Like if Joker, if Joker was night, then this movie was day. Mm. That's what it felt like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there were, you know, it was shot in real life places, but it really clashed with some scenes that were obviously CG. There's a third act scene in particular where they go to a, a, a carnival amusement park like mm-hmm. place, and it's obviously super dark and CG for some reason. It felt like, you know, when you you buy a dollhouse and like when you fold it out, there are different rooms, but mm-hmm. there are different themes. And sometimes this movie had that going on. Like not everything, yeah. not all of the environments Meshed. and backdrops met. Yeah, for me. I think you're right. I, but I feel like by the time we got to the scenes you're talking about, mm-hmm. you're used to it enough that you're just kind of like, okay. Because actually at that point I was like, oh, now this is starting to feel like comic book Harley Quinn. Because all of a sudden it visually took on the look a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, maybe because of where they were. But I, yeah, I see what you're saying. It was clearly not the same. <laughs> yeah, and that kind of leads me to some another problem I had that was tonal shifts. Mm-hmm. Although I think that's one person's fault. <laughs> the 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 music, right? No, I think it's one person's fault. I think uh-huh. it's Ewan McGregor's fault. Okay, yes. Talk yes. on it. Talk on it. Uh, he Okay, first of all, he's been acting for like 30, 40 years. He still can't do an American accent. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they should have just let him be British. Like, he was murdering it the whole time. Like, oh, my. He sounded like Dick Van Dyke trying to do a British accent. <laughs> Why are you coming for my so man bad. so hard? He was so bad. Coming he was horrible. Money. He was legitimately. I like Ewan McGregor. He was Dick an amazing Van Obi Wan Kenobi. He's been in some. Great, he's been in some great, great movies. But he was awful in this. I was so disappointed. Wow. He was so bad in this movie. He was. I mean, the villain was awful, and it was all his fault. I mean, you're right. But wow. <laughs> you coming for my man? Let's that talk hard. about Ewan McGregor. You know, mm-hmm. Obi Wan went to the dark side hard in this movie. Oh my god. You know, <laughs> Anakin cut up younglings, but he wasn't peeling off their faces. Mm-hmm. He never got his hands dirty, so it's like I never... One of my things with him and the other characters was 
there were so many characters and and plot points juggled that we didn't get enough time with almost anyone to really emotionally invest enough mm-hmm. or care. Like we talked about Huntress, I really liked her, mm-hmm. but I really wanted more to really right care about right and she her. had some great lines but yes. they didn't land as hard as they could because we didn't have enough establishing moments for her. Mm. what was great about deadpool was that it was focused on wade and the cast was small this really just it it juggled too many things and mm-hmm. to me it just i think this kind of it just landed in a very mediocre way i think yeah not mm-hmm. not good not bad just very vanilla mm. to me yeah I, yeah it was okay it wasn't bad mm. i wasn't and i was expecting it to be bad and it mm. wasn't bad but it wasn't as good as it could have been it was fun but i won't see it again no the other thing about that speaking of what you're saying with the mm-hmm. whole juggling is i found myself thinking sometimes okay this is the birds of prey movie why are we spending so much time with harley quinn and part of that is that i've never been a huge fan of harley quinn she's mm. the dumbest phd on earth and, I mean, she's got horrible choices in men. And it kind of, I mean, her whole comic and her whole character arc in the comics kind of glorifies bimbofication and being abused. I, or being in an abusive relationship in any way. Kind of, this, she's got this weird Stockholm syndrome with the Joker. And, like, he does some horrible things to her in the comic. He's He straight beats her and she's just always running back. Putting, eh. mm-hmm. So I've never been a huge fan of Harley Quinn. And I was kind of happy it was Birds of Prey and not a Harley Quinn movie. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting more time with the other birds. And we spent most of our time with Harley Quinn until about halfway through the movie. Right. Which was I, but I was hoping for something a little different. Mm. No, I I totally agree. Yeah. I want to go back really quick to Ian McGregor. Because even though acting is acting out the way, just as a character, the, the Black Mask is... Not a great, but it's a, he's a pretty important Batman villain. He's pretty much, you know, he's extremely rich. He's a master tactician. Mm-hmm. He's a formidable fighter who actually can hold his own against Batman. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty underwhelmed, not just with him just being kind of this kind of Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor version of Black Mass. <laughs> oh, wow. The red yeah. capes are coming. The red <laughs> capes are coming. I mean, he was just, just egocentric and whiny in this and it was just underwhelming to me. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a whole lot of menace. His sidekick was way scarier. Yeah. yeah. But I don't it, even know who he was supposed to and be. And they though. had some kind of weird... It seemed like they were almost romantically involved. With the little bit they gave us, yeah, maybe. And they never... You know, they hinted at some weird relationship with them, but they never... Mm-hmm. The villain wasn't very well developed. Not at all. Which is yeah. kind of a DC thing, but... They had they cast Ewan McGregor. They could have done better. Yes, absolutely. They could have let him be British. I want to go on to the action, which I found, by and large, pretty forgettable. Mm-hmm. There was one particularly well-choreographed moment at a prison breakout where Harley is using her bat like Captain America's shield almost. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really awesome. Like I, w- I actually kind of rose up in my seat like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. this is what we're doing? Mm-hmm. But it only lasted for about 10 seconds. Yep. Everything else was extremely boring to me. Yeah. If she breaks one more leg one more time, <laughs> like that's all she did. But, you know. Yeah. If it's a spoiler, like, you no. know. No, I don't think it is. I mean, you didn't say whose leg got broken, so I think it's cool. Yeah. But yeah, Margot Robbie's not an action star. And mm. it it's glaringly obvious, especially when she's up against other people who are not action stars who are doing better than her, like Rosie Perez, or also Rosie Perez is also what, thirty years older than her. Mm. Um 
or people who have more action experience, like Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Margot Robbie's the weakest link as far as the action scenes go. Totally. But because this is the Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey movie, we get most of our action scenes with Harley Quinn. Mm. I just kind of felt, I did look it up because I was curious. It is an all-girl crew except for the fight choreographer. Oh. Apparently. So one of the one of the producers worked on Wonder Woman and stepped in and took over some of the fight choreography just for some of the scenes. And he's a guy. And you can tell because I don't think he has any idea what it would look like to have women fight. Yeah. Because it was very, like, there was a lot of, like, I don't know. It just didn't quite fit. No. Right? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I know what you mean. Like, there was a lot of, like, body power shifting. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it didn't. Like from from a martial arts standpoint, because mm-hmm. there's you know there's a lot mm-hmm. of you know whatnot mm-hmm. flowing through. There's a lot of martial arts mm-hmm. flowing through this movie, and like it just seemed like, is that really possible? Like I I get it, you know, it's a hero movie, but mm-hmm. is that really believable? Is that, and if you don't have superpowers, I mean, we yeah. need to get to the most glaring problem with the action. Yes, mm-hmm. and this is what really took it down for me. Mm-hmm. This is a comic book movie. Mm -hmm. But some of the scenarios just try to insult our intelligence. And in too many of the action scenes, the opposition don't really use guns. Yeah. But the heroes do, and that's interesting. They kind of don't, though. Mm. So in the trailer, Harley, you know, single-handedly walks up into the police station and literally invades a police station. Oh, that's right. Gotham police station. Her only weapon is a beanbag and gas grenade launcher that she has to reload every time she fires a shot. And it isn't a quick reload. Mm -hmm. There's one particular scene where she has the launcher up and nearly five cops have their hand up, their hands up, Mm -hmm. afraid of her. Mm -hmm. She even shoots one of them Mm -hmm. and starts to reload. Mm -hmm. The time it took for her to reload, Mm -hmm. they could have pulled out their guns, tasers, Mm -hmm. mace, or Mm -hmm. just jumped her without the weapon, but they didn't. There were so many... That scene right there mm-hmm. really took me out the film. I'm like, how can mm-hmm. an entire police force mm-hmm. with an arsenal in their building mm-hmm. and on their person right. mm-hmm. not take out this lady? Especially since it wasn't scared to be gritty in other ways. I right. mean, we have people peeling off faces, right. but heaven forbid a police officer draw his gun yeah. and shoot a white lady. I was thinking the exact <laughs> thing. Like, how how is this so easy for her? Like, yeah, and I mean, just a lot of the... You're right about the intelligence insult. I think one of my main problems with the fight choreography is that no grown woman who has combat training or martial arts training at all is going to get into a kicking match with a man twice her size. Exactly. Right? right? That's, the, that's just not going to work, you know? Totally. So, I mean, there's a lot of little things like that that just didn't really mesh. The third act really soured it. There was essentially a small army mm-hmm. of bad guys invade a room, mm-hmm. and they descend upon these the ladies. Again, none of them had guns. Mm-hmm. None of them had guns. Mm-hmm. And along with the poor choreography, I was legitimately bored because there are just no stakes here. Mm-hmm. I thought I honestly thought when you see this army coming toward the ladies from the outside. I thought they were going to have these guns. The ladies were going to work together Mm -hmm. to form a a smart plan Mm -hmm. to beat them maybe Home Alone style or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But But we have, yeah. They just show up, no Mm -hmm. guns, and it's just like back-to-back fisticuffs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And along with the whole, this is not how women should really be fighting Mm -hmm. aspect and just poor choreography, Mm -hmm. it 
it really soured the third act for me. Yeah, it, um, yeah. Also, there's this whole kind of deus ex machina at the very end that comes out of nowhere. There's no context at all set for this particular moment. I think you might know what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's no context at all set for it. And nobody displays this kind of ability anywhere else in the movie. So to have that suddenly is Mm -hmm. a little bit, uh, yeah. Oh, I think what you're, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we all know who mm-hmm. that character is. We do, but they play it the whole time. Like that character is not going to be able to do that. Oh, so I they see. they don't they don't establish that. They have one really brief shot at the beginning of the film that kind of yes. hints at it. But why wouldn't that person do that the whole time? I will say mm-hmm. the my date who I took mm-hmm. to this movie was like visibly taken aback mm-hmm. when this happened. Yeah, because if you don't know who that character is, that makes no sense. Yeah. I totally mm-hmm. agree with you. So yeah, that, that was that was set up in a weird way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a spoiler, but you know, that's okay. Well, yeah. I feel like some of the things you guys just said were kind of spoilers for some people. Well, like. <laughs> maybe, but when we didn't say who. You kind of have to see the movie to know what's going on. You know on. who it is. Yeah, you if know you, who it if is. If you read yeah. comic books, you yeah, know Yeah, exactly. Is. Yeah, if you, if you even look it up on the internet to get an idea of where it fits in the universe. So yeah. All right, don't want to stay on this too much longer, but okay. my last big gripe, mm-hmm. that in credit stinger. I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah, do not stay for it. It will piss you off. They played everybody. <laughs> it's it's up there with Marvel's fake out singers. You know, the Ant uh, playing oh, the drums yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, Ant-Man 2, mm-hmm. um, Cap in the high school video for mm-hmm. Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. It's worse than all. It's, to me, the worst stinger in a comic book movie. I loved it. I, I was furious. I, I literally it. forgot it existed until you guys just mentioned it. It's hilarious. I was upset. Luckily, the credits aren't so long. It isn't like Endgame mm. where it's like 10 minutes of credits mm-hmm. and then you wait for that. It's short to get there, mm-hmm. but it's like, why Why am I here? It's mm-hmm. hilarious. Why am I here? Yeah. Everyone's got Marvel syndrome now, like waiting yeah. for, for every Everybody's movie. expecting these really well-constructed universes. And at least that was, I think this is DC's way of saying, yeah, that's not what we do. No. <laughs> so, I yeah. loved it. They just played everybody. Oh, the stinger. Mm-hmm. It's fun. All right. Just so we can move on to, to Bojack here. Yeah. You guys have any closing arguments. And we're going to rate this movie on egg sandwiches, which yes. is Harley's favorite, favorite food. food. <laughs> um. Again, you know, decent performances, mediocre writing, mediocre choreography, direction. I'd give this a three egg sandwiches. Out of five? Out of five. Mm-hmm. It's up there with Bad Boys 3 and the, just that kind of mediocrity. I mm-hmm. There's nothing in this film that requires a big screen viewing. Like, I would just Netflix this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think my last point that I wanted to say was like, even though I liked the music choices, Mm -hmm. I did not like how quickly they changed in the movie. For Mm -hmm. me, that was a little bit overwhelming. Okay, yeah. Um, But I think for me, if we're talking about five egg sandwiches, maybe I'd feel the same three. Three egg sandwiches out of five. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. See it if you want. It's another three for me. Three egg sam- three disgusting looking egg sandwiches out of five. Um, with, but yeah, with Armenian uh, arm hair. Arm hair. 
That was gross. Uh, anyway, I was, well, never mind. Not going to spoil that bit. Um, Not a spoiler. But yeah, but you know. Um, so yeah, three egg sandwiches out of five for me because it wasn't bad. But I mean, I wasn't mad. I saw it. Right. But I, it was okay. It was better than I thought, but not my favorite movie. It was honestly one of the better DC movies that yeah. we've had recently. Out of the past five DC movies, this was maybe pretty high up on the, because I mean, if they think out of the past five, not talking Batman's. So I well, would, yeah, I would put it mm-hmm. Putting, over yeah. Suicide Squad, BVS. Mm-hmm. I guess over Justice League. Yeah, I think definitely over Justice League. Justice and that's League, all I can maybe, really yeah. probably give it. Yeah, I mean, uh, we got Suicide Squad, Aquaman, BVS, mm-hmm. Justice League, and this. You think it's better than Aquaman? Ultimately, yes, because the story hangs together better. It was more interesting to watch than mm. Aquaman was. I don't want to watch Aquaman again. Mm. I don't really want to watch this one again either, but if I was given the choice, I'd choose this one. If mm. it was at like a, a, a party mm-hmm. and it was on, I yeah. would rather it be on than Aquaman. Yeah, yeah I would exactly. Say. This is more, it's more fun to watch. I'd, I'd say mm-hmm. that. Aquaman was took itself a little too seriously. Yeah. Okay, so this budget, the budget for this movie was $97 million. Around the same as Shazam. So Warner Bros. is kind of expecting a similar mm-hmm. box office return. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's nothing really standing in its way right now. Uh, Sonic comes out on the 14th. So it comes out next week. So we'll see how, how that how that Jeez. works. Oh, Valentine's Day. Yeah. That's such a romantic movie. Yeah. So it's, it's projected to make about $50 million domestic this weekend. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see how that works out. Yeah. We will see what happens next week on our next show. Right. Let's take a break and just let you guys know. Of course, we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you use Apple Podcasts, give us a review. Subscribe to us. Let us know how you feel. Help us uh, get to the top of that blurred cast pile, as it were. Mm. And without further ado, let's get into BoJack Horseman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. So first, I want to talk about a little bit why it was canceled. Many speculate that the animation studio's push to be unionized was a factor. And indeed, there was a subplot about striking in, I believe, was it season five? Mm-hmm. I don't remember, but I do remember the subplot about the strike. Yeah. So I don't want to go through the entire mm-hmm. episode beat for beat. I want to talk about specific characters, mm-hmm. the main characters, and just how we feel about that. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about how we feel about the ending. Mm-hmm. And... We'll get into more, some more stuff mm-hmm. along the way. I want to start off with the minor characters, and we'll build up to the main ones. Yeah, to Bojack yes. himself. Yes. So we'll start off with Pickles. Oh, Pickles. Pickles always kind of got on my nerves. I'm glad they kind of put her on a bus early on. There wasn't really much else for her to do. Sure. And she, all the characters who she was there to assist in the development of didn't need her anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that is true. But at the same time, like I wrote it down in my... Oh, I wrote it down like in my notes. Hold on a minute. <clears throat> why why oh you go gosh. there? <laughs> <clears throat> it uh, it was there were two characters who left without a real personal goodbye, mm. and we'll, we'll talk about that one next. Mm-hmm. But you know, Mr. Peanut Butter just got that that text. Oh, I, I guess we're we're gonna up forever. Yeah, and just walks mm-hmm. out, and yeah. that, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I like about BoJack Horseman is that, you know, not everything has a marvelously happy ending. Not everybody gets a chance to say a decent goodbye. 
which, you know, it kind of reflects a lot of the reality of human relationships, which right. is ironic given that it's all animal people. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people just make an exit and, you know, you know, somebody's gone and you never hear from them again. Sure. Yeah. What were I, you going to say, Keita? Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not sure if we're going to talk about this, but like Pickles, the, the character herself, wasn't uh, like obviously wasn't big for me but I think her relationship with Mr. Peanut Butter like that that episode <clears throat> uh, the dog days are over mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that episode where Diane goes to Vietnam and she lists all the reasons to you know restart her life or whatever uh, <clears throat> for me that had a very powerful impact mm-hmm. uh, because when that came out I was going through a lot of like uh a lot of similar issues and thoughts about my own relationship and the end scene where Diane was watching pickles and Mr. Peanut butter together. Mm -hmm. And she was describing the feeling of watching someone who you loved or who you once loved, how they embrace someone the same way that you used to, yeah, the same way they used to, you know, hold you. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it hit really hard. Like Mm -hmm. I actually cried at that moment. Mm -hmm. So even though she wasn't, the most major character i think that the impact that she left the effect that she had definitely it did its job mm-hmm. yeah um i like that and we'll get to mr peanut butter a little later mm-hmm. in more depth but yeah uh, he's not necessarily toxic he gave her the freedom to be what she wanted mm-hmm. i don't think he never he never controlled her mm-hmm. and i thought that was cool and when it was time to break up he mm-hmm let her do what she wanted to do. Yeah. And I thought that was that was nice. You know, not everybody's deep and he's very much not a deep we'll talk about him more like yeah. you said. But he's very much not a deep person. Yeah. And sometimes people are just so light and fluffy uh, that it comes across as self-absorption mm-hmm. and he is a bit self-absorbed, but you know, there's nothing he's not the kind of person that has anything in him that holds somebody down. Right. So and Interestingly enough, the guy who Pickles runs off with, the Justin Bieber prototype. Mm-hmm. Joey Pogo. Um, yeah, Joe, Joey, Joey, Joey Pogo, that's his name. Uh, he uh, He's exactly like a younger Mr. Peanut Butter. Mm. So, you know, it, it, to me there was a certain poetic justice to it. But I was glad that she wasn't whining at everybody for the whole season. Right. Mm. Let's go on to Hollyhock. Oh. Mm, that's, an, yeah, uh-huh. That's interesting because you never really find out exactly what goes down, do you? I want to know. I want to know what mm-hmm. was in the letter. Whatever it was, it was devastating to poor Bojack. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like that we didn't know. I like that we, you know, it's sometimes what you don't see is more impactful than what you see. Right. Yeah, and just kind of wondering what did, face, yeah, exactly. That was enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of, wow, what did she say? Because she knows so much, but also she doesn't know everything. Mm-hmm. Well, she she, mm-hmm. she sent that letter mm-hmm. after the second interview, right? Yeah. True, true, but yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. what if Hollyhock was a big fan of Sarah Lane growing up? Mm, maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be like your brother being responsible for the for, death yeah. of one of your childhood heroes. Yeah, totally. That could have mm-hmm. been the final straw of like, I'm could've trying. Because mm-hmm. you watched her the first episode. Mm-hmm. She's she's really grappling with mm-hmm. what she knows. Mm-hmm. And man, I understand how messed up my brother's life is mm-hmm. was and Mm -hmm. and what he's trying to do. Mm -hmm. But it's so hard to, like, really be there for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, again, not everything... Real life relationships are hard. Real life relationships are hard. And not everything has a neat and tidy ending. Hollyhock is gone, but that might not be the case forever. Mm -hmm. She's stepped out of Bojack's life, but 
honestly, he was kind of stifling her. Yeah. He was teaching at her university very much like, let me be your brother. But she already had a very large and loving family right. before she ever met him. And ha- he was introducing himself into it, not knowing kind of anything about her. So I get it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think that he did that with a lot. Like, I think that he did that with all of the women in his life. Like he, mm-hmm. when he was with them or when he, you know, had interest mm-hmm. in them, he basically used them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether he knew it or not, he yeah. used them to feel better about himself. And he mm-hmm. would try. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, at the same time, when he tried, he tried really hard and it didn't work out for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, these women, they kind of like, they kind of figure it out. They're like, oh, I want to help Bojack. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not getting benefits like i'm not benefiting from this relationship and Mm -hmm. he's basically using them like band-aids and i feel like that's what he used hollyhock for as a band-aid and he was called out on it in the interview yeah remember remember, was it season five where he used her to break into a house to get him drugs Mm -hmm. it wasn't just emotional support it was i need you to help me get drugs this is you can can go to jail for this yeah yeah yeah. you're Mm -hmm. you're endangering this person now Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so yeah i We'll get there, but um, mm-hmm. let's go on to Todd. Oh, Todd. Yeah, I don't know. Todd. How'd you feel about his relationship with his mom, that whole arc? That was a little strange. I honestly thought she was dead and his, his stepdad yeah. was just scared to tell her I agree. the longest time. I That's agree. That's what I thought. I was really shocked that she was actually alive. I agree. <laughs> because it was a strange arc. And I mean, it was interesting. It was a little bit personally resonant for me, but at the same time, it was very, it was kind of a cop out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't necessarily know that Todd's whole arc made much of an Im- of an of an impact on me in the end. It was to me the the weakest of them all. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do think that his character is impactful for a lot of people, especially uh, people who identify as ace. Yeah. But at the same time, I felt like his story was kind of additional. Oh, yeah, but I, I don't know if it's the additionalness of it that was interesting to me. Because you're right, he identifies as ace, but he was very much kind of a sidekick. Yeah. Kind of a wacky sidekick. Right. So even when he got into a relationship, that wasn't really given the weight that a lot of the more traditionally romantic relationships were. Mm-hmm. So it was, I don't know, it was an interesting sort of situation there. What I really liked was how he came around in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Right. And... He got. He noticed that Bojack was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. He got him out of the party in mm-hmm. a sweet Todd kind mm-hmm. of way, mm-hmm. and it, he became encouraging to Bojack. Right? Mm-hmm. Remember, he was out of his life for a long time, mm-hmm. either because Bojack went to jail or mm-hmm. he just didn't want to be. You know, even before that, he was mm-hmm. like, "I don't want you at my party. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I can't yeah, do this yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you've you slept with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You treat me like crap. You yeah. you sabotage my rock opera. He could have been mm-hmm. very successful with that. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, this is enough is enough. Yes, mm-hmm. but he fi- but he came around. Mm-hmm. And he was encouraging. Mm-hmm. He talked about Bojack beating his sobriety record. And then he brought up his mom, mm-hmm. talking about how he never thought he would have had a positive relationship with her. Maybe he thought about the same with Bojack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what changed? She yeah. did, I mm-hmm. did, or we are. Mm-hmm. And the, the hokey pokey metaphor. Mm-hmm. 
was classic time. Mm-hmm. But you could still feel it. It was still heartfelt. Very you much so. You still felt it. Yeah. And I will say this. I think Todd is a great example of how to continue to be a good friend to somebody, but not enable them. Right. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Well, it's kind of how almost everyone started to come around with him in the end. Yeah, yeah, totally. But Todd has been that the whole time. Like Todd had no problem kind of putting the kibosh on things or expressing his discomfort with situations. Again, in that really sweet sort of Todd way. But, you know, very forgiving, but also very much like this is what you're not going to do. You know? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I like his his line about art. You know, it was meta, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't the point of art less what people put into it and more what people get out of it? Mm -hmm. Maybe, or I don't know, Maybe art doesn't need a point. Mm. Could that be said for the show? What did the creator want versus what we are projecting? And I'm going to get to a really great article I read on Vulture mm-hmm. about what this author put into the show mm-hmm. or right. took or took from the show. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, he said, you know, it was nice while mm-hmm. it lasted this mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. You can really see Todd's maturity and growth like mm-hmm. in that episode mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that Todd was definitely the weakest resolution, but Todd is Todd. And he, it, yeah. he within the, there were so many characters that needed something wrap, wrapped up by mm-hmm. the end of this that somebody was going to suffer. And unfortunately, it was him. True. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't remember. What's his rabbit girlfriend's name? Maud. Maud. Yeah. She was weirdly awkward. And I kind of liked it, though. Yeah. That was an interesting dynamic. They, where she kind of lives with this. With her, yeah, very much they so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to see more of her, but oh, well, I agree. Mm-hmm. Princess Carolyn. Oh. I really wanted a happy ending for her. I'm so glad she got it. Yes. Yes. I was so glad. That was such a lovely resolution. She needed that. Mm -hmm. And with my favorite character, Judah. Judah's your favorite? I love him. Really? He looks... He looks like... Oh. Like a Californian Jesus? I don't know. Like... What you guys don't like that? I don't dislike no, it. No, I like just, Judah. Yeah, I like but Judah. But it's my favorite character. Yeah, I wouldn't call him my. Well, favorite. I mean, he's not my yeah. favorite character. But like, if there was any character that I could bang from this show, it'd be Judah. I think if there was any other character you could bang from the show, it'd be bestiality. That is true. <laughs> that is true. But yeah, you know. I mean, in that universe, I guess it's acceptable. I mean, yeah. But yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised by both the way that they gave Judah more of a personality and more of a character arc in this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I mean, it was it was just nice. I liked how drama free Princess Carolyn's resolution was because yes. she's yes. been living in such a state of high drama the whole show. And when she finally gets a resolution, it's just like this is it. This is you know, I'm in love. We're getting married. We work together. The end. She worked so hard her entire life mm-hmm. against like sexism and mm-hmm. against you know. All these failures, her getting own, her back up. Her mother trying to hold her down. Exactly, mm-hmm. and it's just like, wow, that that was quite. I, I'm going to use her story for like mm-hmm. my own motivation. Mm-hmm. I really like. Uh, you mentioned drama free. Mm-hmm. You know, Bojack and her at that dance, and he mm-hmm. his confession about anticipating a disaster mm-hmm. that that he could help. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, it would have been better if if I could have helped you out. Mm-hmm. And then she says, you know what, it would have been better for you. Yeah, exactly. but it's better this way. Exactly. Yeah, and I just and, love, yeah, exactly. And I like mm-hmm. that for her, mm-hmm. and I also liked, and we'll get to Bojack's growth mm-hmm. later, but he also accepts it. Yeah, 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 you're right. And that is growth. Yeah. That's growth. I think a lot of the, everybody's interactions with Bojack in the last episode and over the course of the season mm-hmm. is very much about... Not having everybody's world stop revolving around him. So yeah. we very much get the sense these characters have stopped 
basing their lives around this nucleus of this very toxic person and are kind of off doing their own things and are better for it. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. I think people are often drawn to stars or to people who look like they have a lot of clout or a lot of ability. People who who you know, people who seem to have it all together mm-hmm. and that, you know, people will make their whole life revolve around that kind of person and not realize that that's not all it's cracked up to be until, mm-hmm. you know, it's too late. Yeah. Like, look at the way people follow, like, mega pastors, for example, mm-hmm. or uh, Instagram stars. Sure. You know, YouTube stars. Anyway. I liked, uh, she confessed her anxieties about her marriage, losing a part of herself. Mm-hmm. And Bojack's response, again, there's growth there. You know, your past mm-hmm. self thought it was a good idea, mm-hmm. so listen to her. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that really sweet exchange, you know, because mm-hmm. she's the smartest woman I know. Mm-hmm. And you talked about being friends, but also having keeping that distance. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about making a comeback as an actor. And she mm-hmm. says, I know some really good people. Who can help you with that. Yes. yes. I'm mm-hmm. going to step out from this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll support I think you, great. but mm-hmm. in this way, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, everybody's kind of disengaging out of Bojack's orbit, and it needs to happen. Everybody's shining their own star. Yeah. Totally. She made an interesting commentary. Um, everyone in this town has short memories. It's the best and worst thing about people. Right. I feel like that's so true about life in general. I always yes. say that about politics. The best tool that any politician in America has is the American people's short memory. Because, mm. I mean, really, it's true. It's true. Mr. Peanut Butter. A whole lot wasn't given to Mr. Peanut Butter, but his big moment was his conversation with Diane, mm. which broke my heart. But it was also heartwarming. Mm. Mr. Peanut Butter was excited and happy for Diane as she talked about her boyfriend guy. Mm-hmm. You know, she talked about this feeling like an us when she always felt like a me. Mm-hmm. And that's healthy reflection. Mm-hmm. And then PB says he always pushed for an us in these relationships, even when he felt that it wasn't a good idea. Mm-hmm. And now that he's single, he's learning how to be me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he apologized for trying to downplay the problems in the relationship when she was truly dissatisfied. He even asked her how she feels to be herself in her current state. Like, he's such a, I I really want him to win, too. Mm-hmm. And even if he's single right now, that's a win, just trying yeah. to discover yourself. Right. It doesn't always have to be yeah. tied to being with someone. Of course mm-hmm. not, yeah. Mm-hmm. But even so, I think the thing about Mr. Peanut Butter, I feel like in his mind, he's always winning. So, you know, I don't know. I don't necessarily. He's just not a deep person. He's very light. He's very floaty. And everybody knows somebody like this who, you know, even if things are going terrible, they're always going to be looking on the bright side of it and making the best of it no matter what. So, yeah. And, you know, in the beginning of the of the whole series, that was really annoying. Mm -hmm. But now I think as a collective audience, we're kind of evening out and Mm -hmm. like, you know what? That's yeah. not so bad. Yeah, because, I mean, Mr. Peanut Butter is the only optimist in a boatload of genuinely miserable people. Mm-hmm. But even though he maybe should be miserable, he never really is. He just kind of takes things in stride. And by and large, he's the most successful of them all. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked uh, Diane's quote. She said, you can live your whole life like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Your whole life is filled with pieces that don't fit. You mm-hmm. spend so much time feeling that you don't fit that that feeling becomes your home. Mm -hmm. But you wake up one day feeling that you don't feel that way anymore, and it's jarring. Mm -hmm. At first, you don't trust it, but then gradually you do. And this is the heartbreaking part for me, because as you all know, I went through a devastating breakup last year. Mm -hmm. And she said, it's funny, if we met each other as people we are now, Mm -hmm. things would be totally different between us. Mm -hmm. 
And everyone has that feeling of, man, me and this person broke up. Mm -hmm. We learned some lessons, or at least I did. Mm -hmm. And if I met that person, the person I am now met my ex Mm -hmm. back in the day, we'd Mm -hmm. be great. Mm -hmm. And it's a struggle to kind of grapple Mm -hmm. with that, to to know when to move on. Mm, Yeah, I don't know. I guess, yeah. I guess I saw it a little differently. Because I've had a lot of relationships where, you know, at first I'm like, "Mm, are we going to be able to be friends after all of this is said and done? Mm -hmm. This is clearly not going to work out. And it's nice when you can finally have a conversation where you're like, you know what? We're not going to be the best of friends. We're not going to be in a relationship. But we have each other's best interests at heart. And that's always a lovely conversation to have when you finally get there. And I really I really like that they had that moment. I mean, that's a very real thing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Something else about Mr. Peanut Butter, before we move on, mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention. The thing about Mr. Peanut Butter, I think, is that he's the only neurotypical character in the show. What do you mean by that? Meaning everybody else has some sort of... Uh, like everybody else is neuroatypical to some degree. They have either some sort of anxiety, or yeah, anxiety, okay, depression, okay. autism, mm-hmm. other issues, right? Everybody else has something else going on. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Peanut Butter maybe is the only one who's not. Who do, who's, what, who's not? Sorry, that's not the right phrasing. Who is neurotypical? Would you say I that? Think, I don't know, Chris to be honest. Caroline? Oh, no, not at all. Or her, Todd? Yeah, her anxiety and her stress. And I Todd, don't know maybe. that Todd is either. I mean, I think with his whole issue with his mother and kind of attachment issues, I'm not a psychologist. Mm-hmm. But just looking at I think the reason Mr. Peanut Butter comes across as so light and fluffy and weirdly optimistic is because I think he's meant to be painted as the only character who doesn't have anything neuroatypical or what I don't know what the other word is, like for... for actual disorders but people don't like saying that anymore Mm -hmm. but i don't know what the word the preferred nomenclature is um but like he doesn't but mr mr peanut butter's meant to be kind of the normal one quote unquote got it and i think that's why he comes across the way he does is that really like what 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 normal quote unquote normal people are because i'm like i wish i I could be like that well i have no idea but i know that the uh, that the writer is definitely grappling with a lot of pretty serious mental illness and neuroatypical atypicity that's the word i think we'll trust you yeah in his i know there's been articles about it and i think that because he's definitely uh, a member of that community and he writes some of the characters intentionally that way Mm -hmm. so i I, i'm kind of wondering if that's why mr peanut butter has so little depth in a way but also is so his life is fairly easy all things considered i don't know Mm -hmm. no i definitely read that Mm -hmm. It's it was growth for both of them to be able to to do that. And mm-hmm. it's a good it's good that people can do that. Mm-hmm. But I think people do still have that anxiety, mm-hmm. like either you come to that anxiety or you learn to grow from it. The mm-hmm. idea of, you know, I've learned. Um, can this work out? And even if you want to go back to that person mm-hmm. and you're already with someone else, is it unfair to the person that you're building with now? Mm-hmm. Yeah to leave them for someone that you have more history with. and yeah. yeah, but I think the thing I liked about their conversation is that neither of them had any desire to go back to each other. Yeah, they, It was very much a post-mortem for their relationship. You're, you're right, mm-hmm. but there was that that line where she asked, you know, we could be totally different. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of waiting for Peanut Butter to, to kind of say, yeah, we could. Hmm. And then I didn't when, read and it then that when, way at all. And then when he said we could mm-hmm. have been two, you know, accomplished book writers, and mm-hmm. she kind of winced yeah. at this yeah. yeah, and there was that acceptance. I'm, I'm sure, even if he mm, said, yeah. I didn't even if he way. said we could be back together, and mm-hmm. she, I don't think she would have made a play for it. Yeah, but I think maybe she still kind of wanted to uh-huh. hear that just a little bit, you know. And I, going to yeah. going to Bojack's uh-huh. question on uh-huh. the rooftop uh-huh. when he asked, "Don't you miss the mess a little bit?" Mm-hmm. And she kind of said, 
I could feel that kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I miss it, but I am mm-hmm. firmly planted where I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read it a little differently because when Diane says, you know, when Mr. Peanut Butter says, yeah, we could have been two successful book, book writers, she's not wincing because she wants to get back together with him. She's wincing because he's a terrible book writer. She's a very she's very much a serious writer and here comes this idiot who's written a very successful book oh, along with okay. her. That's, yeah. that's a good take. Mm-hmm. And also I feel like Mr. Peanut Butter, he has no, how can I say, boundaries? Like he tries everything, even if he's bad at it. He tries every mm-hmm. single thing mm-hmm. sure. and it kind of takes away like if, if I if I were, you know, a writer and mm-hmm. it were my field, I would not just want anybody mm-hmm. making this book who, you know, I know with his well, reputation. Yeah. And he's very successful and being with successful it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I like, think she was wincing because it. it was like, oh, I've put so much time into this. I have that whole, I had a whole episode about going crazy because of this. And here, here he comes and just writes a book and he's very successful. I think that's the wince. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to make sure that we're all yep. equidistant gotcha. to my experience. Mm-hmm. So let's go on to Diane. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the portrayal of antidepressants on the mind, that, that episode? That was absolutely brilliant. Mm. That was such a good episode. I, mm. That one really resonated a lot. Mm-hmm. And just the way that, like, it's hard when you're a creative person and you also have mental health problems. Yeah. Because a lot of the, because there is the fear, the constant fear that you are going to lose your creativity. Mm. And what therapists will tell you is, well, then you're going to learn how to work out of a wellspring of happiness. But no great art comes from happiness. It all comes from pain. Mm-hmm. And the minute you disconnect from the source of pain, where does your art come from? Exactly. That's a really difficult question to grapple with. And it was perfectly handled and so creatively done with a lot of really good callbacks forward and back Absolutely. in the episode, which was really well done. I loved that episode. Pain, pain can be a, a good motivator, mm-hmm. but Diane's book was specifically about her pain. Mm-hmm. And she was mentally cut off from that mm-hmm. altogether. If she just said, I want to just paint a picture, then yeah, you, you could paint, you know, rainbows and trees. Mm-hmm. But when your goal is mm-hmm. to go to this place mm-hmm. and you're physically cut off. And that's actually what happened. Yeah, she, exactly. she basically wrote a book of rainbows and trees right. instead exactly. of writing the, what she wanted to write. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, I didn't know how to read Guy. Um, his interaction with Diane and what she truly needed. He, he gave supportive words, but he seemed to have kept his distance. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of worried that he was neglecting her, not really giving what she needed. But mm-hmm. upon watching it again, I think he really did try to do the best he could. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think he was the other normal person. I don't think people... Also like, true. Yeah, I don't think... I mean, look, people who have mental health issues don't know how to handle them. Yeah. What is your what is your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your partner who does not have mental health issues? What are they supposed to know about it? Right. So, I mean, I think he was doing the best he could. Totally. And, and, and I'm really was, glad yeah. that mm-hmm. Diane recognized that. Mm-hmm. And in the end, we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I yeah. loved how, again, that was very drama free. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was not like a big deal. There wasn't right. any episode of Diane having a neurotic breakdown because of it. It was just, yeah, we got married. Yeah. Yeah, we worked out our stuff off camera and it was fine. Mm-hmm. I really love the quote and, you know, it's something that, you know, a lot of people deal with. And when they were out on the roof and Bojack asked her, how did you learn to trust it? The happiness. Mm-hmm. She says, I didn't, but I trust him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was mm-hmm. really sweet to me. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's all we can do is just mm-hmm. have that take that leap of faith, mm-hmm. not even on yourself but on a situation and on a person mm-hmm. and hope that they don't fail you. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of characters put their faith in Bojack, right? And he ultimately failed them in some ways. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. But she mm-hmm. took a chance on this other man. And mm-hmm. for right now, as, as far as we know, mm-hmm. it's working out well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that she, she connected with Sonny. 
he was yeah. that was really sweet <laughs> I love the scene where he just starts crying in the in the diner and she yeah. didn't even really do anything she was just trying to make conversation but the worst possible way yeah I mean he he was such a teenage boy like that was a really nice portrayal of a mm, teenage boy totally. I think teenage boys wouldn't think that but <laughs> I think just if you are an older person and you've ever been around a teenage boy mm-hmm. it's just it's very accurate totally. like mm-hmm. shout out to yeah. my, my brother who graduates high school this year oh Congratulations. Welcome to the real world. I can definitely. Not necessarily. (laughs) Shout out to Jalen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of drama, though, the Mm -hmm. whole how Diane phrased, oh, you know, my boyfriend used or my the guy who used to be my boyfriend Mm -hmm. used to do this. And she kept using that language. And you're like, oh, no, did did, did she Mm -hmm. and Guy break up? And then Mm -hmm. she finally pulled Mm -hmm. out that ring. You're like, oh. Yeah, I thought that was that was just yeah. good writing. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was that was that was fun. Mm-hmm. That was fun. I was happy for her. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about how Bojack acts if she missed L.A. and she's like, you know, miss is the wrong word. Mm-hmm. I think there are people, as you talked about, people who help you become the person you end up being, mm-hmm. and you can be grateful for them, even if they weren't meant to be in your life forever. And she said, "I'm glad I knew you too." And you know, when when Bojack asked. If it'd be funny if this was the last time we saw each other, Diane looks away yeah, in sadness. Mm. And it's also meta for it being the last time we as an audience see them in new situations, mm-hmm. I think. That's what I also put into that. Mm, yeah, and that be- the beginning of the episode is the, is the shot of those two sitting on the roof and the, uh, the flatlined uh, heart monitor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's the death of that friendship, definitely. Mm. But... Yeah, you know, there's that whole hokey saying that goes around on social media. Some people are in your life for a reason, some for a season, some for a lifetime. And that's a goofy, annoying meme, but it's very true. It is. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, though they were there for each other for a season, but some not all friendships are meant to last a lifetime. Yeah. And you can't force it. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to get to this article that I read. Oh, sorry. Really quickly about Diane. I love how they didn't make a big deal of her weight gain. Oh, she was yeah. just bigger and they left it alone. They didn't make it a big deal. She wasn't on a diet. She wasn't freaking out. She freaked out a lot about a, a little bit because of the antidepressants mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. end of the previous season. Mm-hmm. But this season she was just bigger and I'm mad about it. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Totally. I, that was mm-hmm. very cool. Mm-hmm. I want to get to this Vulture article I read. It's written by Jen Cheney. I think she's been covering BoJack for, for while, Vulture yeah. for a time. And she's a fantastic writer. And she talked about in the beginning of the series... Diane is kind of lost in L.A. trying to find herself. Mm-hmm. Bojack thinks he knows what he wants and wants to be seen as such and admired for that. But by the end of the season, Diane has found herself. And on the flip, Bojack is more unsure than ever trying to figure himself out. And, you know, true to what she said, she might ha- she might not have become the woman she is without meeting Bojack. Mm-hmm. And she also helped him become the more moral person that he is as mm-hmm. when we leave him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely gave and took away from each other. The scene where she, the line where she said, you know, thank you, mm-hmm. and she's sorry, mm-hmm. and thank you. Mm-hmm. That was really touching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's, I mean, we're kind of glossing over this a bit, but Diane had legit reasons to be shitfire pissed at Bojack. How do you call somebody just before you, and basically blame them, for your own suicide attempt. Yeah. Before yeah. just before you do it. I mean, I would and then, you know, that's a horrible thing to do to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, a lot of, well, I'm sure we'll get here when we talk about Bojack, so I'm going to leave it that comment for later, mm-hmm. but 
Um, yeah, that's a horrible thing to do. She had every right to not, because that's a toxic and awful thing to do to somebody. And it would really be detrimental for them to say, to stay friends for him and for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, there's, it's not like the relationship just naturally petered out. There were legit reasons for them sure. to not be in each other's life anymore. Sure. Totally. Why do you think she said thank you to Bojack? They were good friends at some point. I mean, I don't know. I mean, she did. Remember when she mm-hmm. came back from Vietnam and mm-hmm. she pretended like she was still there? Mm-hmm. Or no, she was out with that uh, that that rich philanthropist. Yeah. And she, in like Bojack letter, crashed mm-hmm. at her place when she was just spiraling out of control. Mm-hmm. And I saw her thank you and I'm sorry as also meta. Mm-hmm. Is, is she talking to the audience? Is she the audience telling Bojack, you know, thank you for teaching us all lessons or entertaining us? At the end of the day, it's just, this is entertainment mm-hmm. at this character's expense. Mm-hmm. You know, apologizing for the rough life he's endured, assuring him that, you know, maybe he can have a more peaceful life, even mm-hmm. though we'll never see it to the end, because she won't, because mm-hmm. she won't be there, and neither will we. Mm-hmm. That's something I, I kind of took from it. I think she was thanking Bojack for all all of the good and all the bad even though the bad was pretty bad mm-hmm. yeah but the fact that she met bojack and the fact that literally without him she would not be where she was she would not have grown she would not have you know taken the jobs that she did and that kind of thing like i i think i think she was just thinking Bojack for existing mm. because and he did challenge him, challenge her sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? However badly it ended, or actually well, it ended really. Ultimately, they were friends, yeah. and you know, mm-hmm. sometimes when you intentionally decide to end a friendship, just like when you intentionally decide to end a relationship, you do say thank you because they're, the good times are good. But for whatever reason, it can't continue. I mean, that's kind of what open communication looks like. It's true. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think I, it it might sound a little. Eh, but like I really appreciate that they kept their relationship platonic mm-hmm. because early on in the show there were a few times when I thought you know oh well they're gonna get together mm-hmm. probably that kind of thing but mm-hmm. legit it was a platonic friendship mm-hmm. full of love and mm-hmm. and effort and yeah. you know good times bad times that kind of thing yeah right so I really appreciate that and she even encouraged it right on mm-hmm. one of the, one of her her benders she was like come on man we're, we're in your apartment oh, together that's right yeah and he was in the right mind to say you know what mm-hmm. no I'm not going to do right. this honestly that's one of Bojack's finest moments yeah. right totally, totally. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that that is included yeah. obviously in that mm-hmm. thank you yeah life's a bitch and then you die sometimes life's a bitch and you keep living it's a nice night though let's not worry about the future right now let's not attack Netflix for taking this away from us let's enjoy this moment right here and that was another meta moment for me mm-hmm. they were talking about not let's not worry about our friendship probably not lasting past this conversation let's just enjoy what we have mm-hmm. and let's let's not worry about bojack coming around for season seven through you know 20 you mm-hmm. know that we would we would love to have no we wouldn't i think it ended well yeah <laughs> well we'll get there okay on that too. but yeah i think you know we're all mourning the end of this show, but for now, let's collectively, as fans, just enjoy the good times we had mm-hmm. and be grateful to the creators, the the voice actors, and the animators for bringing this mm-hmm. masterpiece to our life and mm-hmm. then keep living. I saw a good status yesterday that said, Bojack is not therapy. Yes, mm, that's it's a, not. Yeah, exactly. It and needs a lot to of be people, said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It is sad that a year-long Netflix subscription is the equivalent of one therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, a lot of people looked at this. For a long time, we talked about this on the last show. Mm -hmm. A lot of men especially looked at this show as, oh, this is a reason or excuse for me to keep on being a Mm dirtbag. And then the show kind of, was it in season five? Mm -hmm. Kind of turned that on its head and said, no, 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 that's not what this is about. Mm -hmm. This is about you getting better. Mm-hmm. This is not an excuse for you to do what you want to do, right. to be toxic. And on that note, let's get to our main character. Speaking of toxic. Bojack. Oh, God. You know, with the biggest takeaway I had from Bojack this season is, and I'm glad that they said it, speaking of meta-commentary, talking about your problems is not a substitute for fixing those problems. Mm-hmm. He did those interviews, he admitted to everything, but that didn't mean the problems were fixed. It just Mm -hmm. meant he was aware of them. I can know my arm is broken, but if I don't go get a cast, it's not going to heal. So, yeah, and I mean, Bojack is a perfect example of that. I really liked that because I think a lot of people tend to announce their problems constantly, thinking that that is helping them heal, but Mm -hmm. not necessarily. You've got to do the work. Mm -hmm. I mean, not to be all Ayanla about it, but you do. You're absolutely (laughs) correct. definitely true. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a a quote on, there's a quote, like, on my cacao Mm -hmm. idea or whatever, and, like, I got it from one of those Facebook quotes, too, Mm -hmm. but it really resonated with Mm me. And there are probably other variations of it, but trauma is not your fault. But healing is your responsibility. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I will forever mm-hmm. die by that quote because, mm-hmm. uh, like, after my breakup last year, like, my ex, he had a lot of trauma that weighed very heavily on our relationship. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you know, there was just so much tension and things like that. And finally, I think I, I've. I think this is why I really like Todd when he stood up for himself. Finally, I told my ex, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I cannot be the target for your trauma anymore. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. he said that was when he got it. Mm. And like he he tried, you know, he tried to do things or whatever. Long story short, long story short, relationship broke up. But that's okay because now that quote, like I learned so much from that relationship. Mm -hmm. And now I'm, I literally live by that quote. Like I have things about myself that, you know, aren't perfect. Like, I definitely know that I have some toxic characteristics, just like, you know, most other people. But other people. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to work on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't want to end up like BoJack. I think, like, BoJack is such a fantastic show because it's like a mirror looking at the possibility of yourself. Maybe not like, you know, the absolute possibility, this is what you will become. But, mm-hmm. like, definitely it makes you think, man, I kind of... I kind of have some of those same thoughts and behaviors. Yeah, I think a lot of us can can Mm -hmm. see part of ourselves in a lot of those characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or, you know, just seeing echoes of our own relationships. Yeah. Relationships are hard. Relating to other people is difficult. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's part of life. And, you know, it's nice to see that reflected. Even if it's a very surrealistic take, it's nice to see that reality reflected. I think we tend to over-romanticize a lot of things in most pop media, and BoJack's pretty ugly. And, you know, it, I think we need to see that as well. Yeah. Totally. And it pulls out the beauty in that ugliness. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Not only just him, I liked the different factions of friends about how he should handle. Once the story got revealed, like, mm-hmm. oh, like the story's coming out about Sarah mm-hmm. Lynn and you mm-hmm. had Diane. Yeah. Like, dude, you need to just fess up and just mm-hmm. go through yeah. this. Mm-hmm. And then you had Todd kind of, you know, dude, um, he was... I, 
I loved the bit where they were all having the sorry. I don't mean to cut no, you no, off, you're fine, but where fine. they were having that powwow in his office yes. uh, at the yes. university, and you don't because we already know what's happened. So they did a really good job of kind of cutting back and forth. So when they cut away from him before he tells the story that he thinks this is about, which is that girl in New Mexico, mm-hmm. and then they cut back, and everybody's like, "Oh, well, that that that's not good, but that's not illegal." And Todd's like, "No, but that's actually really." Sc-. I like that Todd was the voice of reason there, where right. the women were busy trying to play Captain Savaho. Mm-hmm. And Todd was like, nah, you know you were wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Carolyn's trying to spin mm-hmm. it. And then Diane's like, yo, I am i can't be part of this. I, mm-hmm. I'm out. Right. And then you start seeing that fracture. Mm-hmm. Um, and here, this is kind of heartbreaking for Car- since Carolyn when you know she was like, I've loved you for 25 years. Mm-hmm. That kind of love you only get when you're young and stupid. Mm-hmm. And when I tell my daughter the story about the great love of my life, I wanted to have a happy ending, mm-hmm. foreshadowing to her actually having a happy ending with Judah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but here Bo- Bojack is really trying to take responsibility. Is it possible letting me go is the happy ending? Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, good for him for standing up. And you really think he's doing a heel face turn? He's really turning around himself around. You really think he's starting to get it? Mm-hmm. And I wrote, I rooted for him so hard yeah. up mm-hmm. until he decides to do the second interview and I knew it was yeah. going to go wrong. Yeah. After that first interview, I was like, wow, look at Bojack Horseman learning things. Mm-hmm. And then he agreed to do the second one and everybody tells him no, and he does it anyway. But, but it just goes to show, again, talking, just because you can talk about your problems doesn't mean you solve them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that everyone's going to accept that as cool too. Well, yeah, because again, if you haven't solved it, why would people accept it? Yeah. Saying, yes, I have a problem is not the same as saying there is no problem anymore yep. or I'm taking positive steps to fix this problem. Right. And it's not the first time that he did that in the show either. Mm-hmm. Like it was a pattern of, you know, toxicity. Oh, totally. And I think that at that point, that was the final straw for Princess Carolyn. Too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because she, she told him not to do it and he did it anyway. Right. And she had that great conversation with him in the parking lot afterwards. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, though, I mean, again, nothing is uh, nothing is ever really black and white. Everything is always in shades of gray. Mm-hmm. And Bo- all of the characters are very much that as well. And Bojack, most of all, he's very he's not oh, he's not the worst person on Earth, but he's not a great guy either. No. And there are definitely a lot of facets to him. And those interviews showed two of the biggest ones very clearly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Something that I really didn't even think about until they piece it all together. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, this guy really has a, a real pattern. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's treated men wrong, too, yeah. but, but there have been a lot of women in his life that he's really... Mm-hmm. But the women catch it the hardest. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's because the women invest in trying to make him better. So it seems like it's a betrayal, almost, the way he treats them. Yeah. Whereas I mean, peanut with, butter yeah. has been like, yeah, man, like, crash at the house, whatever, but mm-hmm. he's not, like, really deeply emotionally involved with him. Exactly. Neither mm-hmm. is Todd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The women tried to fix him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to spend too much more time because we're running late. Yeah, we are. Um, so I want to ask a question to you ladies, mm. as ladies. Do you think Not Bojack as, no, has sorry. been... Not a squid. No, what? <laughs> Keep going. Do you think Bojack has been punished enough? Oh, I so, wrote down my answer to that. But I don't know. So he had to pay $5 mm-hmm. million dollars to the Sarah Lynn family. Mm-hmm. Um he lost his house. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seem, seemingly he's lost almost everything he yeah. owns. Yeah. He went to jail for 14 months. Mm-hmm. His friends and family have distanced themselves from him. Mm-hmm. Is that enough? I mean, he assisted 
in the murder or not this murder but in the overdose of someone yeah negligence mm-hmm. yeah negligence mm-hmm. sorry do you feel like he's pu- he's been punished enough <sighs> that's hard to say i'll let you say something first about this because i need to unwrap this in my head a little bit more okay uh, i think i really want him to get it I really want him to to fully understand the the gravity of what he's done. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I said, it's been a pattern over and over again throughout the last six seasons. He's done something and it ends up being terrible. Somehow his friends, usually a woman or, you know, someone saves him and then he kind of gets it, but then he does it again. And I want to say by the end, okay, this is this is it. Like he's he's in jail and all this stuff has happened and he's finally starting to to realize the impact that he has on people's lives. But there's always this part of me that's thinking, mm, even if it's even if the show doesn't can doesn't continue or even if it's off camera or whatever, there's always a part of me that's gonna think he's probably gonna go back to being the old Bojack. Mm-hmm. And I think he feels the same way. I mean, he talked to Todd. He laments, you know, leaving jail soon because he stayed out of trouble there mm-hmm. and doesn't have to make many choices. What mm-hmm. happens when he gets out? Mm-hmm. So there is that real fear. Yeah, definitely. And I'm kind of on the same page as you. The point of punishment isn't just to do mean things back to somebody who's mean. The mm-hmm. point is to correct bad behavior. And I don't think, I mean... You see this all the time in real life. Mm-hmm. A lot of people try very hard to correct bad behavior, but that doesn't mean that it fixes the problem. It doesn't mean that they're able to do it. It takes a lot of work, both introspectively and behaviorally, to mm-hmm. actually do that. So I don't know if it matters if Bojack's been punished enough or not. He's been punished, but is there ever really an enough for that? Exactly. Is there ever really? I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Brendan? I think something important about this show, particularly this finale, is that they present many sides of an issue, Mm -hmm. cancel culture, Mm -hmm. how people can have short-term memories, how Mm -hmm. people can try to take responsibility, how they can brush it under the rug. There was that kind of Mel Gibson stand-in who was Mm -hmm. a real douche. There was that walrus guy who was like that Bill Cosby character. the show never really, I don't think, said anything too definitive about what's the right... I mean... Yeah, but I don't think it's that kind of show. It's another not going to start preaching to you in the last and, episode. And that's and that's what I think is interesting. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. that I don't have an answer for this. I think your answer is about... We just want him to get it. I mean, he definitely needs to probably face some hardship in order to understand mm-hmm. the gravity of his mistakes and mm-hmm. his choices. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Bojack as a character, can get it, though. Not everybody can. Not everybody mm-hmm. does. Uh, if you just look, let's be real. If he was ever going to get it, after the death of Sarah Lynn was when that was going to happen. Right. Well, I think he also fell, fell into a kind of pit that I think a lot of people deal with mm-hmm. is this horrible thing happened. This mm-hmm. defines me now. I can't mm-hmm. grow from it. This is just who I am. Mm-hmm. And I might as well just give up to... To, to fate and just be this person mm-hmm. and they don't see any other way out. It's like saying, you know, like, like suicide. This is just it. This mm-hmm. is what I have to do. I can't see anything past yeah. past mm-hmm. this. Right. So, you know, I 
I don't want to give up on him in that sense. I'm not saying that you are giving up on mm-hmm. him at all either, but I'm saying that the show often touches on issues, cancel culture, um, that kind of behavior, addiction. Mm-hmm. Is there a way out? Is there not? We're going to present some nuance and mm-hmm. different takes on it, but we're not, as you said, not being too preachy about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really don't have much to add. Um, I think that's... Mm-hmm. For, for me, I would defer to ladies on that in regards to how he was treated mm-hmm. yeah, or, or how he treated yeah. them and such. Yeah. So. But I don't think we'd have any more definitive answers. I mean, sure. it's not that kind of show. Like sure. you said, there's a lot of nuance to it. And I think it's interesting that so many of Bojack's friends are women at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, every woman knows a couple of toxic dudes. Mm-hmm. But you've just been friends for so long and that toxicity reveals itself slowly. And you look at him and you're like, OK, I don't want to fix you. But I've just known you for so long, and I know that at your heart, you're not trying to be this guy. It's just that the world lets you do it, mm. yeah. you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's it's tricky, but I think that that's the beauty of it. it you get to think about these kinds of things. Absolutely. You get to look at your relationships with a more critical eye by seeing them reflected by pig people and horse guys. Mm-hmm. Totally. Let's talk about that penultimate episode with Bojack having dinner with all of the people in his life. So, again, I go back to the, the Jen Cheney article where she talked about mm-hmm. everyone is dining on food that represents how they died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I noticed that, yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. you have Herb who died of a peanut allergy. Mm-hmm. He's eating nuts. Mm-hmm. And you have, uh, what's her name? What's what's Bojack, Bojack's mom's name? Oh, I forgot. Uh, Bojack's oh. mom. <laughs> yes, Bojack's mom is eating mm-hmm. what we think is um, nursing home food. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Bojack has a plate of pills. Yeah. Just that him talking and that that black sludge just eerily in the background, which is so... Beatrice. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because she's the only one who doesn't have, like, a horsey name. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. I... They were. It was a little obvious what they were going for. Mm-hmm. They were trying to come up with another episode that was going to wow people, like the one where he's at the funeral. What's it called? Free, oh, free churro. Free churro. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. like that was going to wow people, like free churro. But I could kind of see what they were going for a little too early on. Mm-hmm. I could see that they were trying to make one of those deep pithy statements with the writing, and it didn't exactly work. It was nice. It was still very good, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It didn't have the impact that I think they were trying to go for for me. I liked some of the interpretations from Jen Chaney, mm-hmm. and she said that she interprets it, Butterscotch is in the form of Secretariat. Mm-hmm. Secretariat committed suicide, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And in Free Churro, Bojack said that his mother told him that Butterscotch, his father, died in a duel, but now he's in his subconscious really... Mm-hmm expressing that he knows that really butterscotch committed suicide right mm-hmm. and not just die in some simple duel yeah mm-hmm. there was a, there was a lot of really good stuff in there yeah it, yeah yeah you know he's he's drinking the water oh this tastes like uh, chlorine yeah does anybody else's water taste yeah. like chlorine yeah yeah and that's that's when mm-hmm. i started to think oh wow this mm-hmm. is that's where he is now yeah right yeah and i i saw what they were trying to do but for sure visual and emotional impact diane's episode where she's writing was blew this one out of the water, even though this was the one that I think they were trying to make the Wham! episode. I agree with mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I think, I I do agree that Diane's episode was, was quite good, but I think I related more to this episode mm-hmm. because it was just, it was really haunting for me. I, I don't know why. It was very mm-hmm. dark and haunting. I think maybe that's just because, you know, like, 
I, I don't want to sound like that person, but like, you know, you have those thoughts about death sometimes. Oh and my God, last year, person. I know, right? I'm that person. <laughs> last year, like, what it was really year. tough for me. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, uh, of course, like we said earlier, Bojack is in therapy, mm-hmm. but this show was very helpful for me to think through my feelings and to process them. Mm-hmm. And I think this episode helped me process, like, my thoughts around death. Do I fear it? Because Bojack, he, throughout the show, he, you know, kind of has this fearlessness about his behavior. But then when he gets close to death, he starts feeling afraid. You know, like, I'm not ready. And he starts Mm -hmm. looking out for Diane. Mm -hmm. You know, can I stay on the phone with you while this happens? So I think for me, this was just a little bit more impactful personally. Right. It's a good point about the whole thing about fearing, not fearing death until you're close to it. If you Mm -hmm. look at the firsthand accounts of people who have survived suicide attempts, a lot of them say that. They feel like this is their last option. They're not scared to do it until they try. Yeah. Until it's a reality. Until the view from halfway down. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's sad that also, too, that even on the edge of death, he still couldn't imagine his father telling him that he loved him. Mm. It had to be in the form of secretariat. Interesting. I I didn't catch that, yeah. Yeah. Actually. I mean, we we think about how sad his relationship is with his mom because she's been in it the most, Mm -hmm. but his father was super toxic. Mm. And we never got a chance to see a lot of that. But what we have seen, I mean, with the mother, there was sometimes small kernels of goodness, of warmth. Like, you know, when he finally connected with, with her, like, mm-hmm. mom, mom, do you you see me? And mm-hmm. the father, there was like nothing. Yeah, ever, even at the end. Yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Actually, there was a point during the episode where I I thought from the position of the characters and from his appearance, I thought that Bojack symbolized becoming his father because he was sitting at the head of the table. Mm -hmm. He looked quite old and tired Mm -hmm. and he was going through a lot of, you know, the toxic things in his life. And Mm -hmm. I thought, oh my God, he looks just like his father. Mm -hmm. And he's like succumbing to this. Like Mm -hmm. his father succumbed to his failures and took his own life. And now Bojack is ready to to follow in his footsteps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like that, the show, you know, when he was ready to kind of accept that, Herb was like, yeah, there's no afterlife. This is it. This is just Mm -hmm. just blackness. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the character of Herb and the way that they've pulled him in in flashbacks. Mm -hmm. And just to show how he was nothing but goodness to Bojack. But Mm -hmm. he's the one man who caught it as hard as the women in Bojack's life did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was nothing but goodness in life to Bojack. And Bojack gave him nothing but pain in return. Totally. Um, And it was, I don't know, it was interesting to kind of see how he was the one who was escorting Bojack into death. Mm Mm-hmm. Because in a sense, he gave him life as a mm-hmm. as a movie star or mm-hmm. a, a TV star. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, that episode, there was I. I'm gonna go back and probably rewatch the mm-hmm. whole series, and that episode might have a different effect on me after I watch everything again. But yeah, it's interesting. In the in the process of me trying to uh, take these Korean and Japanese tests, I just re- registered for my first Korean test. Congratulations! Not first, but the one that I'm actually gonna see all the way through. Okay. <laughs> uh, Good. But I actually started watching it in English with mm-hmm. Korean subtitles. Yeah, yeah. But I also watched it in Japanese with English subtitles. Mm. And the way that Bojack talks is fascinating. Really? I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. How, how, does he have that, like, very... Uh, what, well... It isn't like he's, like, uh, 
Does he have that same Goku gruff kind of sound? It's mm, no, no. He sounds like just a regular dude, mm. like not like me. I mean, he he sounds older, mm-hmm. but not that like a gruff like, mm, like we're mm-hmm. used to. Because that gruffness in BoJack's voice is so iconic in English. Absolutely. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, Will Arnett probably his second best performance next to Lego Batman. Well, I don't know. Job was pretty good, although that show, in no, retrospect, was not was I'm not joking. the stuff. Yeah. What, what show are you talking about? Uh, Arrested Development. Never watched it. So. Oh, really? I, it was hilarious, but it's got some mad problematic bits in it. That if you watch it now, it's like, oh my gosh, what oh, okay. was this? Yeah. Yeah, my intro to him was was Lego Batman in the oh, movie. Goodness. Darkness. Oh. No gosh. parents. Oh, love it. <laughs> Why did we let him get started? This is your favorite movie. You're about to quote us to death, aren't oh, you? Oh, no. Okay. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Let's move on. We know it ended at season six. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would have liked to have seen if they had the cha- if this was not the last season? I think it was a beautiful ending. It It went somewhere I wasn't expecting it to go. I wasn't expecting Bojack to go to jail, that's for certain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they really took a big risk and ended it on a really beautiful note. And one thing I like about the show is that it always did surprise me. There wasn't anything I could predict about it Mm -hmm. necessarily. So I don't know. I mean, if they had been able to continue it for a while, that would have been nice. But I don't know what they could have done or Mm -hmm. would have done. But it ended nicely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think I had said this earlier, but I I really want to know what Holly Hawk wrote in the letter. Mm. But I think a lot of people feel that like I do like that we don't get to see it. But at the same time, it's like, what did she say? Yeah, she I mean, I said Pickles was put on a bus. Holly Hawk put herself on a bus. She Mm -hmm. was like, I'm piecing out. I don't need to be involved in this toxic scene that you're Mm -hmm. in. So I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I really like that, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. We saw more of her best friend than we saw of her Mm -hmm. in this season. True. I think if we had a new season, number one, I think it would have been cool to have seen Bojack in jail more. That's a year of his life. Mm. And that could have been a very transformative year. I mean, it obviously was. Mm. He talked about his experiences there with uh, his jail acting group. It would have been cool to see, even just on a comical level, just see that engagement. Yeah. would have been cool to see that dynamic as well as what kind of people he would have encountered in there. Mm-hmm. He might have come come face-to-face with more underprivileged people and mm-hmm. got perspective from them in the audience. Mm-hmm. You know, we get perspective from women about how he mistreats them. And we've gotten a lot of perspective on the show, Ace, um, female, uh, et cetera. But there wasn't a whole lot of that kind of um, underprivileged, poor class perspective. And I think that could have been interesting. Hmm. Mm. Well, I guess several of the characters started out quite poor, but how would you get that that perspective? Am I misunderstanding you? What do you mean? I don't know. That's why I'm trying to ask. Well, we've kind mm-hmm. of just been in Hollywood the whole time. Yeah. And Diane, you know, is a working class person, mm-hmm. but it's not like she was ever really. Yeah. Once she moved out from Mr. Peanut Butter's mm-hmm. apartment, she kind of was struggling on her own. Mm-hmm. But it, she was still living in L.A. You know, it it never really felt like a deep struggle. It would have been interesting to see Mm -hmm. life outside of Hollywood, like where other people came from besides like her family in Boston. Yeah, I mean, there was a bit where she's living in Chicago in that little apartment. I see what you're saying, but I guess that would have to be almost a different show because everybody else, I mean, everybody else but Bojack came from pretty poor start, from a pretty Mm -hmm. poor start. I mean, look at Princess Carolyn's beginning. Yeah. Uh, But that's not how we... 
see her there though. Everyone has met in LA as pretty successful yeah, people. True. And it's been cool to see right. maybe mm-hmm. Bojack trying to assert how fucked up his life is in jail mm-hmm. and then everyone in jail is like, dude. Mm, I see what you mean, yeah. But I, I feel know. like that would just be a really that would that would change the whole dynamic of the show because it, part of it is about how vapid and silly and self-absorbed Hollywood types are or Hollywood now, yes. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it could be interesting. You know, you know, I'm not a writer. Yeah. So how they could balance the comedy with the drama and that yeah. could be interesting I don't know although it'd be an interesting spinoff Bojack in jail sure <laughs> it'd be like a, a short a short film they could make maybe you know. yeah because they've got that up that random episode of horsing around on Netflix yeah so just make know. an oh, yeah. hour hour short mm-hmm. of Bojack a year in jail yeah Bojack behind bars yeah. <laughs> scared straight <laughs> so Ralph Bob Wax. Berg himself said in an interview with Vulture that he had more seasons and that the show could have gone on for a few more years. Mm. But Netflix pulled the plug. So I want to just read some quotes before we get out of here. And he said, you know, it's a business. They've got to do what's right for them. And six years is a very healthy run for a TV show. Frankly, I'm amazed we got this far. So I can't complain. I think if we premiered on any other network or even on Netflix on any other time than we did, I don't know if we would have gotten the second season. A lot of things on Netflix don't get second seasons. Mm. I think it's a very busy landscape. It's hard to make an impression. I think we just got very lucky when we premiered, mm. which is true. Mm. Um, there's a good article that said, you know, the end of BoJack marks the end of an era for Netflix. Mm-hmm. That now, as we know, sometimes we get these uh, these cool seasons. Even they're kind of mediocre and they don't have a chance to grow. Mm-hmm. They're just cut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because if you go back, you know, I started going back and watching the show again from the first episode. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the last episode and then the first episode right after, oh, my gosh, that show was weird when it started. Mm-hmm. Totally. It was so strange. Totally. I don't know how I ever got into it when, like, looking back. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think we're just in a less experimental mode now because now Netflix is an established platform. I always have to preface when I talk to my friends about um, starting the show. Mm-hmm. It starts off a little wacky. Mm-hmm. But once it gets to like the later episodes, especially mm-hmm. the last episode of the first mm-hmm. season, you understand what it's all about, mm-hmm. and then it goes from there. Exactly. Well, that's how you preface it. I usually preface it by like, you know, if you if you're prone to depression, you might want to take a break. Like, oh, gee. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But you know, I think it's not just Netflix that this is the end of an era for, because there's a lot of shows that are coming to a close that started out that way. I it I'm thinking of Steven Universe, oh, where if you watch Steven. the final movie. And then you go back and watch the very first episode of the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? Right? It's so strange. It takes a long time to build up to this really right. deeply emotionally emotional health platform. That I gotta it is. try. I you I told haven't you. Seen it? No, I told you. I watched. Um, my ex tried to put me onto it. Mm-hmm. I think I watched like two episodes. Yeah, and it's, I was like, it's no, so good. It's I'm not it, doing yeah, this. it's amazing. But yeah, the, okay, I'll be really honest with you. The first ten episodes are important, but you will be sitting there going, "What the heck is I'll, this?" I'll the try whole to push through time. it. Yeah. I'll try to push through it. But yeah. honestly, I mm-hmm. I was pretty turned off to it. It took me a while. Like I kind of, it was one of those things where I turned it on and was trying to watch it. One of my sisters is really into it, mm-hmm. so I was trying to watch it because she was telling me so much about it, and I was just watching it. And the more I watched it, the more I worried for her <laughs> sanity and mental health. It's <laughs> like, girl, this is what you like. What is this? And then I don't know. I can't remember what episode it was, but something happened that made me really stop and look mm-hmm. and start paying attention. Mm-hmm. And it's got cute music, and you know it's it's cute. And then all of a sudden, you realize that you're into this deeply emotional, right. like this very huge metaphor that's very important. Okay. Yeah, I I'll, think it I'll, might I'll have been. Time. Do you know what it was? 
I got about halfway through the first season and was kind of like you, like, I'm not doing this. This is strange. Like, diamond people, what? I'm not, everything is pink and they keep singing little cute guitar folk songs. Mm-hmm. I don't but no, I got other things to watch. Yeah. And so I started looking up clips. So I started looking up clips uh, on YouTube. Okay, really quickly. I started looking up clips on YouTube. And because I was looking for these clips, uh, like, I found a, sp- a huge spoiler that actually made me want to go back and see the whole thing again so I could understand the context for the spoiler because it mm-hmm. is really important because mm-hmm. it is actually really important to watch everything that comes before because mm-hmm. it makes the spoiler awesome. Um, so I watched the whole thing up to the beginning of the second season and after that I was hooked. Okay. Anyway, okay. We're oh, not, this, isn't about, this isn't about Steven That's Universe, okay. but it's a similar thing to, Bo- to Bojack. No, you're good. Mm-hmm. I want to, before we get out of here, I want to finish the quotes up. Mm-hmm. And the creator said, he told Netflix that he would appreciate if they told him prior to the development of season six if that would be the last for BoJack. So it wasn't a thing where he made this season with the intention to keep going and they just cut it off. Mm. They let him know so that he could actually wrap this up neatly. That's good. So that was really cool. Um, he said that he would be open for BoJack in a feature film or something like that. And he said he doesn't want to rule anything out. He's very happy with where he left the characters. Mm. He's not itching to tell more stories in this universe, even though there were more stories that would have been happy. He would have been happy to tell. So, yeah, it feels like, and he said it too, like he ended BoJack on his own terms. And Mm. I think that's great Mm. as a creator and for an audience, for fans. Let's try to leave it here because they're looking in on us in the window. The the man is knocking. (laughs) Right. Audience out there, tell us what you all think of BoJack Mm -hmm. and Birds of Prey. This concludes yeah. our show. Oh, really quickly, Bojack, uh, out of five, Margot Martindale's, what do we rate it? I rate it a 10. 10. Out ten. of five, I rate ten it a five, 10. Yeah. 10 out of five, yes. I also give it a five out of five, Margot Martindale's. <laughs> Maybe an additional five character roles. Okay. Sure. Yeah. This concludes this episode of Blurred Up. If you want to find us once again, we are on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We're on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D-P-R-U-P. And we're on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. Check us out on Blurred.com. Where can they find you? Equal Opportunity Reader on Instagram and Facebook. You got like 500 followers now. I got yeah. like, yeah, I'm kind of surprised. You've been happened, hard. But... I'm terrible at it. Really? So. Yeah, I only, I do a post a day. No, you're, yeah. doing, you're doing great. Yeah. You're doing mm-hmm. great. And, well, I, I wish I had a page like that. But you can find my Instagram mm-hmm. at K-E-E-T-A-N-I, Kitani. And I post sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, look me up. Cool, cool. All right, y'all. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace. Wash your hands.